it's just a weird situation. I don't think he'll ever play again. Um, I kind of think these owners and GMs, coaches will just kind of like shadow ban him type um, away from the league. Um, just kind of agree to never sign him because it's just a bad look for the league. Um, Similar to Kaepernick. I was about to say it, just like they did with Kaepernick. Welcome to episode 43 of Clubhouse Convos. It's your host, Colin Scully. Happy New Year's to all those listening. Happy New Year's to the fellows. First episode of 2022. Newman, how are you today, buddy? I'm good. Um, I've actually had a bad reaction to the booster, though, like two weeks uh, after I got it. So it's been kind of pissing me off how itchy I am. But Oh, you, you're still having side effects? Yeah, bro. Like two weeks after I got it, they started. That's fucking, fucking weird. Annoying. Yeah. Evan, how are you today, buddy? Uh, I'm pretty good. The beard coming in. The beard's coming in. Uh, I just think it's also funny. Since we last did a podcast, the Eagles have not lost the football game, Dan. So maybe it's bad <laughs> karma coming back here. <laughs> maybe. Dan, how are you with the uh, repaired wing? You know... The shoulder is doing all right. Painful at times. Um, sucks not being able to move it really. Falling asleep is hard sometimes. But I was going to ask how the sleep We're going to have better days. Hmm? How, how is the sleep? Are you sleeping through the night? Yeah. Uh, the first couple of days I'd wake up like every hour or two. But I think now I've since moved to my bed. Uh, the, like the first week I was uh, sleeping in a chair downstairs. Uh I've made my way to my bed and I've finally started to sleep on my left side. Yeah. Um, I used to be sleeping literally exactly how I'm recording this podcast right now. It's just sitting up. Um, so we're getting better. That's good. It's good to hear. Um, so on our agenda, as you guys know, the listeners do not, we're going to be recapping uh, some of our favorite moments from 2021. Would anybody like to share first favorite moment from 2021? I myself have two. All right, well, why don't you start us off? I have two. Okay, well, how about all of those who have two? Share one now. I'll go first. <laughs> all right. One of my favorite moments of 2021 was when the Detroit Lions dedicated their first win to the victims of the Oxford High School shooters. thought that was a great moment. Very nicely done by Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions. Uh, and good for them for winning a game. I mean, we said they wouldn't, so good for them. But that was a great move. I thought that was one of the better moments of 2021. Newman? Yeah, that actually was pretty awesome. I wish I had thought of that. Oh, I kept the football ones to the to the gridiron. Um, I have a couple there, but not football-related. I have July 7th, of course, the Lightning win the Stanley Cup, go back-to-back. Had to throw it on there because it's the only team I support that actually has any success over the past decade. So that was pretty special. <laughs> Evan, uh, what was my, yours? Yeah, so my favorite moment, um, sports moment of 2021 was the Bruins Islanders game one. Uh, I got to go to that game, and that was the first TD Garden uh, sporting event back with full capacity. So as you can imagine, the energy and excitement was insane there. Um, I thought it was noteworthy too when an announcement came over uh, the loudspeaker to put your mask on. Everybody just fucking boot it. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> they got the people holding the signs, wear your mask, please. And no one's wearing the mask. Like they can't, they couldn't enforce it. I just thought that was funny. Um, and pasta had a hat trick in that game. Bruins won. It was incredible. Um, so I guess I didn't put too, too much thought into this because I only had one, but I could definitely come up with some on the fly. But the first one I had written down was the Atlanta Braves world series win. I mean, the ride that they went on and just the fashion that they went, uh, like went into the world series and even the trade deadline, like just a crazy story for the Braves and like small market team versus big market. And they win um, even though it's Houston, but still uh, being the Dodgers in the NLCS, 
just a great World Series ride. And for me, I know like I didn't fall baseball a lot over the summer until I joined the pod. So that was a really cool experience to see the Braves go on that type of run. That's a good one, Dan. Um, what my other one is not as popular among you guys, I'm sure, but Jordan Spieth getting his first win in over 1300 days was big for golf. Um, very fun to watch. Always been one of my favorite players. And I think golf is better when he's playing well. Uh, so that was one of my moments as well. Newman, you got uh, another? Yeah, I had another one, another selfish, my team moment. Um, the Dylan Moore grand slam off of uh, Brooks Raley to complete the, we were down seven, nothing to the Astros. Yes. And around one, in the, one in the morning I woke up and we were, it was like, I think, eight to seven and he hits a pinch hit two out bomb in the eighth um aaron goldschmidt loses his mind i fucking lost my mind woke up my brother um but it was fucking best baseball moment of the year Ev, did you have another i did and uh, my second one uh sticking with baseball had to be uh the red Sox big postseason home runs i can start off in the wild card game with bogarts in that dead center shot off of cole um, Schwarber getting another one off of Cole in that same game. Uh, obviously, the grand slam, Schwarber against Houston, J.D. Martinez against Houston, uh, the big home run from Christian Vasquez, like just big electrifying home runs in the postseason I think it is awesome. Literally every home run, Kike Hernandez hit was fucking electric. Yeah. Yeah, Playoff they had some great home run. runs. Yeah. So that was my second. Damn. Um, Another second. Yeah, so I didn't have this one written down, um, and I was thinking about it actually even before I haven't talked about it, but um, that Red Sox-Yankees wildcard game, I mean, just to play the Yankees in the playoffs and then to beat them, it, it, it's an amazing experience, uh, even if you're not there, uh, especially when you live with a Yankees fan and uh, you're having a couple drinks, things get wild. Um, so that was a great experience. And, I mean, even just the like Evan said, all the home runs and even the run that the Red Sox went on, um, they're kind of struggling towards the end and then they beat the Rays and the ALDS, just a great experience and great run for the Red Sox. Yeah. Good moments, fellas. Good list we've compiled. Uh, let's move on to our guarantees from 2021. Uh, something we introduced to the podcast, basically when one of us feels so strongly about something, we are willing to guarantee it will happen. Uh, I cannot guarantee that any of us had any successful guarantees. Uh, I'd say the, the swing and miss rate was quite high on these, but some good and some bad. Um, I'll share one of mine first. I'm not sure how many you guys have. I have three. I have two. All right, we'll just go around in a circle as we did. Um, first one I had written down was Kevin Gosman, 2.5 ERA. I believe I also said he'd strike out 200 batters. Um, I'm not sure if he struck out 200. I know his ERA was 281, um, but I was very high on Kevin Gosman and the entire San Francisco Giants staff. Yeah, he had 227 strikeouts. Um, very high on Kevin Gosman all year. I had him in my Cy Young talk from early on in the season, high on the Giants. Um, so, as, as although it wasn't quite correct, one of my better predictions. Yeah, my first one was also an, an almost correct because <laughs> I didn't get I couldn't think of any that I actually got right. Um, but I do remember guaranteeing that the Lightning coming off a slow stretch would take points in their next eight games and they went six one and one. Um, so so one game off, but I was pretty happy with that one. There was one Newman that I did see where you guaranteed Montreal to beat Vegas, I believe. Oh, I did do that. Yeah. Which is quite shocking. I think I rolled my eyes. That video's on Instagram. I think you can can see me roll my eyes at that take, but they made it to the cup. I know. That's crazy. Um, I think my best guarantee, I had a lot of bad ones. We'll get into the takes later. But I think my best one was the Emmanuel Sanders two-touchdown game plus a Buffalo win against Kansas City. Um came true i was pretty happy with that one i had a lot of bad ones though like i said so i don't know i was i was happy with that are we doing our second ones yet or no um i think we should just go around again yeah that's fine 
Dan, did uh, you, I know you don't really have any guarantees. But... I, I, I don't make guarantees. I don't get pressured into making these guarantees. I, I tried pressuring him once. He rejected. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't give in to peer pressure. Um, I don't have any guarantees to give. I do have some good takes and some bad takes written down, but I think we're going to do that a little later in the episode. Yeah. So you guys can go around in a circle of you three. Um, another uh, mine are all baseball. Um, Giants to make the playoffs. I know I guaranteed that early on in the year. I also said three West teams would make it and then guaranteed the Padres would miss. So I contradicted myself a bit there. Um, <laughs> but I was right about the Giants and I eventually was right about the Padres. I was also incorrect about the Yankees missing, but those were kind of all the guarantees that I found. I thought I had more than I did. I would just like to add too. now it's 2022 so we can wipe the slate clean. Like everyone has not got a guarantee wrong this year. So (laughs) nobody's gotten one right either though. Yeah. But listen, it's a clean slate. We can turn around boys this year. I guarantee that someone will get their guarantee wrong this year. (laughs) Um, The other guarantee I had completely flopped on its face. I do remember guaranteeing that the Lakers would, would win the, the NBA finals uh, last year when they probably got beaten the the first round by the Suns when Anthony Davis just decided he didn't want to play uh, in game six and they, they lost and the Suns went all the way to the final. So that really flopped. Uh, The second guarantee that I wrote down was another positive one. I didn't, I, I'm more so focused on my bad takes for, for the bad stuff. Um, My second one, I actually took to Twitter for this one and tweeted out, my guarantee, which I'm probably going to start doing more. I just want to get more active on Twitter and tweeting my guarantees so I can actually hold myself accountable this time. Uh, but I said one goal against or less for Leonard and a Vegas win in game four, and that happened. That was when they were going back and forth between the uh, Flurry and Leonard. They put Leonard in for this game. It worked out for him, obviously not in the end, but I thought that was another good one. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, let's move on to hot and cold takes. I have a bunch. I have a couple cold, a couple hot. Um, shall we go hot first or cold first? Let's go hot. I know, I know what Dan's hot take is going to be. All right. Hot first. Um, mine kind of carries over from my guarantee. Just being right about the San Francisco Giants all year felt right. Uh, felt good to be right about them despite much, um, resistance from Newman and Newman and Evan to begin with. So it felt good to uh, stick by them, stick by my team and to see them have success. I I wish they had gone farther, farther in the playoffs, but um, great year overall. Let's see. Um, My first hot take didn't actually come to fruition, but it was pretty close. I do remember very first week of the year during our football predictions, I did have the Broncos uh, sneaking into the seventh seed and they were still in it as of week 17. So I, I felt pretty good that they got that close. Obviously they still suck, but they almost made it. Um, my first hot take is going to be when we did our NHL preview this year, I had the New York Rangers as my breakout team. Uh, they're one of the best teams in the league this season, uh, getting production all over their uh, all over the four lines. They're getting great defense, great goaltending. Uh, they've been really a treat to watch. Uh, so I guess one of the takes I have written down for good takes, uh, was urban Meyer being a terrible head coach, um, was on it since day one and he didn't even make it through his first season as a coach. So I think a lot of people are spot on with that one, but I know I was pretty vocal on the pod about it, doing a rant about urban Meyer. So that's mine. My second hot take, and I, this was quite a controversial topic for a while on this podcast, that the Red Sox would turn it around and they would Let's win go. more games with Kyle Schwarber than the Yankees would with Anthony Rizzo. Evan, I would like to publicly say, fuck you. Don't Connor forget about right. Yo, are you just going to forget about Dan? No, I know Dan was involved in this, but you specifically said that the Yankees would win more games with Rizzo than Schwarber, and that was simply a fabrication. Uh, Newman and I stuck by our team. Not even Newman's team, really. He just stuck by me because he knew we were right together. We knew they'd turn it around. They made a hell of a run. It was great to see your dumbasses be wrong. Go Red Sox. (laughs) <laughs> that's my sucks, second hot baby. take 
that's a great fucking hot take um my other so i have one more hot take uh nhl preview i had carolina as my second team in the metro they're currently the best team in hockey um and i had the flyers missing much to the dis- i feel like two of you had them like wait till the we the return metro. to that topic newman oh i'm so excited <laughs> um but yeah i had the flyers missing they're currently out of it they stink um so that felt pretty good um listen i could go with this i i'll go with this one uh so earlier in the year just i'll i'll go with this one just based on the backlash i received um you know, I said Dallas would be 14 and three. I think they'll finish the year with 12 wins. Uh, but the way in which that news was received was just flat out disrespectful, in my opinion, uh, from my three fellow co-hosts here on the Clubhouse Convos podcast. Um, so based on the backlash I received, I think that was a pretty decent one. We'll have our conversations about that, uh, especially on the gridiron later. And then also... I guess I'll just since that one doesn't really count, kind of counts. Uh, I just said Grubauer would be bad, as basic as that is. Seattle's been been really bad. Yeah, they struggled. Um, so I have two written down. Um, and I guess kind of have to see how the rest of the seasons go. But I said the Boston Bruins would have a down year. I know they're kind of decentish right now. Turning it around right now. <laughs> they are turning it around right now, but. I remember getting some flack saying that they weren't going to be as good. And I think the window for the Stanley cup is closing. Um, so we'll have to see how that goes. And then the Celtics, I was not high in the Celtics. I don't even know if I had them in my playoffs uh, predictions, but um, I, I don't think they'll make the playoffs. Uh, I'm still going to stick by that. Um, so those are the two I had written down. You had them at eight, I believe Dan. Okay. Um, should we go to cold takes? I certainly had more cold than hot takes to find. I did as well. So I have a lot um, I think my most embarrassing one, and it's going to be the first one I get to, the Cleveland Browns as my AFC Super Bowl representative. Um, <laughs> God, what a fucking disaster of a pick that was. Uh, it looks like Baker Mayfield might not even be the quarterback next year. Um, Kareem Hunt basically went missing after week four. He's been AWOL. Uh, the defense is garbage despite all the, the additions they made in free agency. Um, it's really sad to, to watch Cleveland just return to Cleveland status. Here we all thought maybe they were trending on the up and up, making a play for the AFC North, but no. Uh, they're a steaming pile of garbage again, and I'm disappointed in myself for having them in the Super Bowl. Well, not to outdo you, but my cold take, uh, I had the Giants finishing fourth uh, in their division behind the lowly Diamondbacks, um, and that was a fucking disaster. <laughs> so, Jesus, yeah. That's a that's a good one. We all have some bad MLB takes in those standings. I don't, I'm trying to find more. That was the only one I could think of at the time. Um, I'm going to go to my preseason NFL predictions. I got four records in particular that I'd like to call myself out on. Firstly, the Rams nine and eight, uh, Washington football team, 11 and six Cleveland Browns, 11 and six and the Chicago bears, 11 and six, uh, just four pretty bad, um, ideas from me. I could definitely join that train. Yeah. Um, the one I have written down here, uh, I don't know why I ever had this feeling, but I had a feeling about the New York Knicks. I thought they'd be decent this year and they're just the New York Knicks. Uh, I, I don't know. It's just not good. So that was a bad take for me. Hey, Kemba's been having triple doubles though. Ooh. Yeah, ooh. Real quick. Can <laughs> I interject? 18 and 20. <laughs> can I say something? Yeah. Dan, I'm surprised you didn't mention your bold take from Hertz from week one. Oh yeah, I did. I did go spot on with that week one to open up the NFL season. Feeling really hot. A bunch of my teammates at college thought I was some football guru. That was an awesome bold take. I remember that. And that's the only, maybe one of like two that were correct. That's why we canceled the segment. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have another cold take. Um, let's revisit the earlier mention of the Philadelphia Flyers and Carolina Hurricanes. 
In our NHL preview episode, my breakout team this year was the Philadelphia Flyers. And boy, have they broke down. <laughs> and also, my underperforming team this year, the Carolina Hurricanes. Boy, have they performed. Mine as well. Mine so, as well. up on that with you. Just so very, very disgusting NHL outlook for me. Yeah, I think so. I, I found one more. I don't even know if I said it on the pod, but I, I was confident that this year Allen Robinson would be a solid fantasy receiver. I think I even spent a fourth round pick on him and near the round where Cooper Cup went. Um, and he promptly was on the, the waivers after week nine, I think. Um, so that was fuck, that was pretty embarrassing to even. Yeah, pick him. I had him. That was despicable. Um. So I got. Does anybody else have any more? Because I got two more I'd like to know. Dan has one, Colin. Do you have any? No, go ahead. I'm sure I can find some. I'll go with my two. That's fine. Um, Firstly, after three weeks, the Carolina Panthers set at 3-0. And and notoriously, (laughs) my dumbass bought in a Sam Darnold, Matt Rule. I don't really really regret buying into the defense. I think the defense ain't the problem problem there. But to have them at four – over some really quality playoff teams is just something else. Probably the worst all year, I think we would maybe agree on. But this also is really bad. Go ahead, Colin. Uh, I'm not sure if any of us saw this. It was 56 minutes ago, but Hutchinson officially declared. Yeah, we said it already on the talking before we started. Well, I was doing my power rankings, so I clearly <laughs> wasn't paying attention. Disregard. Back to Evan. <laughs> Um, and my second one was when we did our NFL preview as well. I had said the one player I wasn't going to draft was Cooper Cup because oh, I remember that. Turns. Yes, thank you. And it turns out that he was the best uh, fantasy pick this season. So wow, that's doesn't funny. Get flipped on its head. That's funny. I will say, as the guy that gets all the power rankings sent to me, so I can make the graphics. Seeing some of the stuff that gets sent in like early in the season was hilarious, especially coming from Colin who can't remember what his previous week's rankings <laughs> were. And then you sending in the Raiders being like high as well. So that was quite a treat, but um, another cool take I have here. Um, I think we can all kind of attest to it. I had the New York Islanders at like number two in the East. Um, and I don't know if they're doing better, but last I remember they were pretty dog shit. So um that 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 was a bad take by me i don't know hockey so i'm not going to take too much blame probably just believed what evan said but (laughs) i would like to um to say a few words real quick some nfl records i'm looking i'm more satisfied than many would believe i had tennessee 12 and 5 well you got to review everybody now or at least we can I'll point out all the good, all the bad. So Tennessee 12 and 5, New England 11 and 6, Indy 11 and 6. So I was pretty close with those teams. Baltimore 12 and 5 is a failure. Cleveland 12 and 5 is a failure. Uh, and I'm not willing to write off any of us who had KC 1 and uh, KC Buffalo 1 and 2. They're still good teams. They're still in the playoffs. The records are wrong, but yeah, I was about um, to say this was the time where you didn't know you could use the website. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what? A bad one that you had, Colin, was in our midseason. You didn't even have the Chiefs in the playoffs. I know. I mentioned that one. I did not. Um, I had Rams thirteen and four, Tampa thirteen and four, Green Bay thirteen and four, which I know most of us did. Um, pretty much Sorry. all of us did. <laughs> Ex- except Evan had Rams nine and eight, and Dallas fourteen and three. Um. Newman had Green Bay. Newman and Dan actually had Green Bay 12 and 5. Um, Washington 11 and 6. San Fran 12 and 5 for me. Very bad. Very bad. Also, Chicago, Seattle 10 and 7. The Chicago um, take I could not understand. Like, I understood Washington. I could not understand for the life of me why somebody would put Chicago in the playoffs with Matt Nagy and a rookie quarterback. Yeah, it was bad. I don't know. I just I really liked Fields. I thought he was going to be good. Yeah. And uh, I will say Evan is the only one to have Arizona in the playoffs. Good, <laughs> good call from him. Nine um, nine, nine. We all had San Francisco, Seattle, besides Evan. Didn't. Evan is not either season, of them. 
I didn't have the offseason season got derailed with the Russell Wilson injury. It would have been yeah. – I think they would have been in it if he had not gotten hurt. They would have been close. Gino – that Gino experience, experience, oh, my God. That was not good. Evan and I both also didn't have the Los Angeles Chargers in the playoffs. That's a miss by us, most likely. I mean, yeah, yeah though. Um, but no Indy for you guys. So we were, Colin, we were very high on Indy. We, and I think we both said that they would start out slow. Yes, we did. So, so. Good, good, decent standing predictions from us. Like, I don't think those are that bad. Maybe I should use the schedule thing though next time. Yes. The numbers right. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move into some current news. 2022. It's been a long time since we've talked sports. Um, let's get to power rankings first, and then we'll kind of introduce how we're planning to go about headlines and things of that nature going forward. Um, so Dan, we'll throw it over to whatever power ranking you go with first. All right. Um, so I'll save the football ones for the gridiron. Um, we'll start with the NBA. Um, coming in at number one is the Golden State Warriors, uh, two, the Phoenix Suns, three, Utah Jazz, four, Chicago Bulls, five, Brooklyn Nets, six, Milwaukee Bucks, seven, Memphis Grizzlies, eight, Cleveland Cavaliers, nine, Miami Heat, and 10, Denver Nuggets. Um, I, I think the top five, top four has kind of been the same for m- multiple weeks now, uh, even with our hiatus from recording the pod. Uh, Cleveland stays in it, and I think the big thing here is uh, the heat falling down a couple spots. Um, other than that, I don't think anything's too notable. Dan, are you going to screen share it? Oh, I don't have the graphics, so I was just saying it. I could screen share it. Uh-huh. That's okay, then. Uh, um, I just would like to say one thing, Colin, before you do. Where I don't understand where Philadelphia is. What, why, uh, what did you guys just not have Philly in your top ten? Their time um, for you. They're it bad. came down between Denver and Philly for me, and I took Denver because I think that they're better than what Philly – like, Philly's shown some terrible basketball, so I'm going to ride with Denver. I mean, yeah. I mean, I get I get the point, but, I mean, Philly beat Golden State. Like, I, with Embiid, I think they're just the top 10 team, and I think their record is, like, 20 and 14 or something. I don't really care uh, that they beat Golden State, like – one game. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's notable. Not many teams have beaten Golden State this year. Fair enough. But that was other than that, I think it's good. I think it's great. Those are my exact rankings outside wow. of <laughs> Milwaukee and Brooklyn swap. Yeah. Yeah, no, mine are mine are similar. I have no real problems with it. All right. Um so NHL. So we got the Hurricanes at one, the Tampa Bay Lightning at two, Carolina Panther or no Florida Panthers sorry at three, the New York Rangers at four, Toronto Maple Leafs at five, uh, the Washington Capitals at six, the Colorado Avalanche at seven, the Las Vegas Golden Knights or just Vegas Golden Knights at eight, uh, Nashville Predators at nine, and the Pittsburgh P- Penguins at ten. Evan, your rankings stink. No they, no, they don't. I like the Penguins, and I had a hard time not putting them in. But how the fuck can you exclude the Capitals and the Golden Knights? The Capitals are 10, dude. What? Dude, Washington, uh, okay. has, lost, Washington has eight overtime losses. Like, yeah, they got a lot of points, but, like, they've lost 14 games in total of losses. How can you exclude Nashville, Vegas? Hold on, hold on. Vegas has offense, in my opinion, I just – I'm a little concerned. The defense is, is a little bit young outside of Theodore Petrangelo. Winner's playing too much, and they've had injuries. Like, they're relying on Yanmark right now. They're relying on Nick Watt to score goals. Like, all right, so right now for me, Pittsburgh's won eight in a row. Nashville's on an absolute tear. I don't think they've lost in, like, nine games. They just beat Vegas 3 nothing last night. Uh, booze look really good. And then like I had Washington still in the top 10. How do you have Panthers at six? Also that one was probably maybe flawed. A little Maple bit. leaves. Yeah, at three. I, would, I think Toronto. Yeah. I like Toronto a lot. You're just I mean, far off the board from the, I guess you guys have Maple leaves higher than I do. Four. 
Very I'm surprised team. to see Newman have Tampa at six. Tampa's oh. my one. No Vasilevsky low for on the week. Lightning like all year when he sends in his power rankings. He's always well, the one that had the lowest. Yeah, no Kucherov and point all year, and Vasilevsky's been out for a week. We've been basically playing with an AHL team for two weeks, so they're going to drop. I will say uh, for, for Washington and uh, Florida, they have two of the best goal differentials in the league, two and three, and they're top four in the standing, so don't we can't put them that low. Jesus. Yeah. I don't, I've had them low all year, though. I mean, like – I don't know. I'd rather – I just like some of the other teams better. Maybe it's, I don't know, it's just an opinion. I also – yeah, I mean, it is opinion. Like, I had the Wild and the Blues, and Dan and Connor did not have Blues. You two, you and Dan did not have Wild, so. I mean, yeah. I just to much me, – I really like Nashville-Pittsburgh right now. To me, I uh, Nashville, I just don't like their offense very much. Their offense is horrible. They're riding. Saros is playing every game. He's been unbelievable. That's not going to yeah. last. I want to see what Forsberg's numbers works. When I was looking for hot and cold takes, I saw Forsberg was an underachiever for me this year. He was hurt for a little while. He's got 17 goals and 10 assists in 25 games. He's been very good. <laughs> yeah. I got nothing last night against Yeah, these aren't that bad. Hockey, All right, always... the only thing I think I may, I probably should have had Florida a little bit higher. Yeah. But I like all the other teams I had on them too in mine. So I don't know. It's tough. I will say hockey, our rank, like the other sports, our rankings are fairly similar. Hockey, the rankings are never similar. Like, I don't think there's been a week where it's been pretty much like, there's been weeks where NFL, like, we're one or two teams off. Hockey is always different. It's always been different. That doesn't surprise me, though, because you could – they're so close in points right now that it's more about, like, what roster you like, what team what team style you like. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, so what we've decided to kind of experiment with is all of us coming up with our own news headline uh, for each episode. So we're going to start with Newman's. Um, so Newman will kind of pose his headline, ask a few questions, lead a little bit of a discussion. So that way the pod is more, you know, revolving door in terms of who's talking um, and what kind of viewpoints are being asked because different guys ask different questions. So we're going to try it out, see how it goes, see what the flow is like. Uh, so Newman, hit it. Yeah, sweet. So my headline, I think – Happened last week. Ken Rosenthal was dismissed from MLB Network uh, for criticizing Rob Manfred. I know we talked about it in the chat. We were all pretty pissed about it. Um, but basically, he wrote some articles last year on Manfred's uh, handling of COVID uh, in the shortened season. Got suspended for three months, came back, and now he's been dismissed. Uh, he's going to still work with Fox Sports, but any connection with MLB Network is kind of uh, done and over with. And I know you guys have already expressed your opinions uh, through text, but I was kind of curious what you guys thought. Uh, not a good look for MLB, in my opinion. Scully. Well, I know he's still working for the athletic as well. So it's like nobody else around him wants to get rid of him. The guy's great. He's every fucking broadcast he does on Fox, he raises money for a different like research initiative based on his bow tie. Like, this guy's such a good guy. He's a great reporter. He's always at the forefront of breaking news. Uh, the MLB fucking stinks, man. It's like turning it, as Evan said in the chat, what is this, North Korea? Like, we're allowed to write bad things about our bosses in the United States. It's just how it fucking works. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is just straight out of the North Korea playbook. I mean, the dictator, Manfred, doesn't like something that's put out against him. I mean, in North Korea, they have these people executed. Granted, you can't execute Ken Rosenthal, but like, <laughs> he's been silenced and and he's been fired from his job for having an opinion. And um, like for me, baseball, I totally agree with you, Colin. Right now, baseball is a joke. There, they have not had any discussions about resuming uh, play, free agency, spring training is not. Like it's still not terribly far away, and to have no conversations. They've had two two discussions in the month of December. 
they've made they've made no progress. Yeah, essentially, yeah. Jeff Passan reported that um, has reported that this week. So I don't know what's next. And then Colin, you sent into the Instagram uh, on Instagram that uh, about the story that kind of didn't get a lot of attention with the the two baseballs. We talked about it on this pod a little bit, but I don't think people are talking about it enough. To your point, Colin, and um, like they were sending those balls that were more likely to be hit out of the ballpark to games like the Yankees, White Sox, and Iowa this season. Whether it probably, probably was playoff games too. Like this MLB is a fucking joke right now. And it all stems from the top. And as far as I'm concerned, Manfred, if he had any sort of class and dignity, should have resigned. He's not going to. He's in bed with the owners. It's just, it's a fucking joke is what it is. Yeah. Um, kind of coming from the guy that like isn't as involved in baseball as you guys, like kind of just the average fan. Um, like, I don't watch baseball as it is a lot. Um, and even speaking with a lot of my friends, um, like just baseball isn't high on the list of things they want to watch. But when you just hear a story like this, like I was talking with Frank, like it just makes you not want to watch the MLB, even though it doesn't have anything to do with the players. Like it just, it's a bad image for the league. And it's like, oh, well, that, that's stupid. And then you just don't want to watch the MLB because of it. Like, does it affect me wanting to watch the Red Sox? Maybe not, but like other games and like just actively like, wanting to know what's going on with the MLB, it, it, it just ruins it. And it makes the average fan just turn it away. It gives me no reason to be like interested in the sport. Yeah. Just not a good look. I feel like it didn't, um, Woj in basketball, didn't he get kicked off from somewhere too? Like last year? Yeah. Similar he got, things. I thought it was like, um, I thought it was Winhurst who got kicked off, like covering LeBron exclusively. Do you guys remember yeah. when Brian Winhurst was just like LeBron's personal reporter? Yeah. yeah. I think he got kicked off of that at some point by ESPN, and I'm not sure why. Yeah, it's kind of weird. And it's just such a weird – it's almost like if Schefter got kicked off of ESPN for something like, he did. It be like, what the fuck? It makes no sense. And there's no other insiders in baseball, like outside of Jeff Passan, but like – at least in football, you got like five or six that you could lean on if if like Schefter went on. There's no coverage anymore. Didn't Rappaport, Ian Rappaport, get like somewhat canceled by NFL.com at one point last year? Oh, yes, he did. And I can't remember what it was for, though. He like said something and was removed from like for like two weeks or something. Mm-hmm. Really? Hold on, I don't remember what that up. was for. Look Guideline it up. I bet violations. you can find it. Um... Oh, mask violations? No, he posted an advertisement for the Manscaped lawnmower. Uh, <laughs> and apparently he can't. He violated some guidelines by doing that. So they suspended That's not fucking like dumb. He's trying to make himself a little fucking keyish. Yeah, that, that's not making fun of Roger Goodell. It's uh, yeah. not the same. Whatever happened yeah. to freedom of speech, man? I know. I'm worried Manfred's going to be in this position until he dies. I know, like Donald the owners Stern. love him. I can't believe fuck the owners, dude. Just fuck, fuck all of them. Fuck John Henry. <laughs> also, Evan. fuck him for making Ness and scoreboards look like absolute shit. <laughs> yeah, spend some money on your digital marketing group. You fuck. Uh, Evan, you have our next headline. Yeah, so I'm gonna read some of this story from uh, Jenna Lane on ESPN. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver Antonio Brown erupted in frustration on the visitor's sideline at MetLife Stadium on Sunday, leaving the field in the third quarter with coach Bruce Arians proclaiming after the game that he is no longer a member of the team. He's no longer a Buck, Arians said after the Buccaneers' 28-24 victory over the Jets. That's the end of story. Let's talk about the guys that went out there and won the game. When asked for more details on what led to Brown's departure, Arians said, I'm not talking about him. He's no longer a part of the Bucs. Source told ESPN that Brown was not benched. He quit, the source said. Brown did not fly home with the team on the team charter, according to another source. Teammates Mike Evans and O.J. Howard attempted to calm Brown, who took off his jersey, pads, and undershirt, throwing his shirt and gloves into the stands. He then dashed across the end zone while both teams were on the field and waved to the fans as he went to the locker room. MetLife Stadium security told ESPN that at first they thought Brown was a fan who left onto the field. Um, and I'm sure if you haven't seen that video, you can find it anywhere online right now. Um, so my question to you guys, we'll start with Colin. Um, 
is Antonio Brown's time in the NFL over or should a team in need of a receiver say like the Dallas Cowboys who just lost Michael Gallup to a torn ACL pursue him dude this guy well first of all it's kind of interesting your thoughts on the situation this is kind of interesting because a report yesterday said Tampa is yet to actually cut him yeah he's yet to enter the waiver portal so I kind of wonder, Tampa, with their dire wide receiver situation, if they are really just swallowing their pride right now and saying, like, if we can just get this guy to fucking work for two more months while we need him and just win us one Super Bowl, then we can get rid of him because he's a fucking nutcase. This guy has a mental illness. It's sad. He needs fucking, like, real um, professional help. Like, he is... So there's something wrong with him and he needs to figure it out before he ends up dead. Um, so to me, I don't think any other team is going to pursue him. I don't even know if Tampa is going to release him, but to answer your question, if Tampa were to release him, I would say no. What do you think He's the percentage done. is? What, I'll ask Connor this. What do you think the percentage is that Tampa Bay does release him, considering Bruce Arians came out and pretty much said he's not on the team, but he is still. I feel like I feel like the fact that he said that means he has to go through with it. I feel like he can't just like just bullshit like that and then take it back and be like, oh, but we actually need a receiver though, so yeah. we're gonna keep him around. I feel like if John Gruden was still coaching the Raiders, we could see a reunion there just for the the two dumb fucks that they are. But like, what a fucking moment! I was watching like a different game and someone texted in my group chat like, "Yo, Antonio Brown just ran shirtless off the field." And I was like, "What the fuck?" And I ran on Twitter and I fucking lost my mind. It was the highlight of that Sunday. It was fucking amazing. But he needs help, and I don't think anyone should sign him uh, if and hopefully when he's cut. Now, Dan, same question goes to you. But are you also a little worried about Tampa Bay? I mean, lost Godwin for the year. Mike Evans has been a little bit banged up. And really, outside of him, I mean, yeah, you got Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, and there was some random dude that made that touch game-winning touchdown catch. But give me your thoughts on it, and, um, like, do you think Tampa's in trouble? Well, to start, I mean, A.B., like, obviously over the years, just something's gone wrong up top. The wires aren't connected properly. Um, I, I saw a tweet that said, you have to wonder if this will affect his Hall of Fame like chances getting into the hall of fame. And, and I kind of agree with that. I think he's Dude, this guy such, can't be in the hall of fame. He's been such a nutcase off the field. Like that isn't what the NFL is about. It doesn't represent the NFL. Well, I don't think like you have to represent the NFL well on the field and off the field. And he's just not off the field. Um, obviously on the field, he's been a top receiver even uh, since he's come back uh, from the Raiders and all that stuff uh, coming to the box. But like it, it's just a weird situation. I don't think he'll ever play again. Um, I kind of think these owners and GMs coaches will just kind of like shadow ban him type um, away from the league. Um, just kind of agree to never sign him because it's just a bad look for the league. Um, Similar then, to Kaepernick. I was about to say it just like they did with Kaepernick. <laughs> um, and then in terms of the box, I mean, would I say I'm a little worried I'm a, yeah, I'm a little worried for them, but at the same time, going into the playoffs, it's Tom Brady. He, he's made it work with these receivers before. Like, yes, it didn't really work in New England, but I, I think that he could still piece it together with Gronk. I like Tyler Johnson. I like Scotty Miller. Um, obviously, they're not as dynamic, but the defense is fine in Tampa. I, I still like the chances in the playoffs. I mean, it's still Tom Brady. You can't bet against him in the playoffs. You just can't. I also like Cameron Brady. And let's not forget, Tom Brady has won many of games as a New England Patriot with fucking nobodies. So this is nothing new to him. I think they're going to be fine. All right, that's my story on Antonio Brown. Good story, Evan. Uh, Dan, you have our next story. Tell us all about it. Yes. So as most people know, not Colin today, but Black Monday is when NFL coaches get fired after the last week of the season. Um, so I kind of wanted to preview what I think Black Monday will look like and also ask you guys what you think. Um, so I split this up into four categories for coaches. Coaches that have already been fired. Coaches that will be fired. We know about it. Coaches that are likely to be fired. And coaches, I believe, are going to get a one more, like one more year prove it type of situation. 
So obviously Urban Meyer and John Gruden have been fired already for the Jaguars and Raiders. So they'll be looking for new coaches. Uh, we know Matt Nagy will be fired. Um, and then likely we think Mike Zimmer will be fired and that Vic Vangio would be fired. Um, and then in the one more year category, I have Matt Rule, David Culley, and Pete Carroll. Um, so I guess I wanted to and ask Joe you guys, Judge. Yes, Joe Judge is going to get the one more year. They have the Giants have come out and talked about that. Um, so I wanted to ask you guys if you agree with that list, if you have any differences. Um, and then I'll also I wrote down who I'd like to have replaced these spots of who I see being fired. Um, so we could start with Colin. Yeah. Um just off the top of my head, I know this might be a little bit of a hot take. Evan and I were, uh, we watched football together on Sunday and we were talking about this a little bit. I think that the San Francisco 49ers, should they have little success in the playoffs, um, consider putting Kyle Shanahan in that one year window. Um, I don't really, I feel like this roster is too good for what they've turned out to be. Uh, I know they've been shadowed or, throttled with injuries over the last two seasons but um I don't know I just feel like they went to that Super Bowl and it looked like they would just be perennial contenders and they haven't quite been that the past few years um but I can't like really think of another guy who should be fired I mean I want Zimmer fired I would be fine with Cully being fired um I don't know that's really all I can think of. I like Vangio, but I'd say he'd probably go as well. Um, yeah, otherwise I agree with your list. Newman? Yeah, it's a good list. Um, I think Fangio has been given way too many one more chances. But at the same time, he's never really had a quarterback. So you really can't hold it against them, but at the same time, I feel like it's just kind of how it works. Kind of, kind I think Elway stinks as their GM. I agree. Um, I think Rule that experiment. I don't know, man. Like I just feel like he doesn't deserve another shot. Although same thing there, he really never had a quarterback or much of a chance. The defense has been pretty good uh, considering how bad that team is. So maybe he gets another year. But I mean, yeah, the list looks pretty good. Um, Fucking, I think put the the Jaguars owner shot shot a Connor to just step down. I don't know. You guys see that thing? They're all, they're all gonna dress as clowns. <laughs> yeah, fucking awesome. That's at the GM though. I thought because they hate yeah, the GM Balky. too. Yeah, Trent Balky. He should I be agree. Gone. There's gonna be a lot of turnover. I think in the next week, um, a lot of coaches on the hot seat. Yeah, and and I agree, and you know I also start to wonder too about the the coordinators, like what coordinators in in uh, in particular are going to get fired. I know we put a lot of emphasis on the coaching, and Dan, I agree with your list on the head coaching jobs. I think a lot of coordinators should probably lose their jobs. Just Cleveland because, Browns OC, bye. Well, Go Lombardi, goodbye. And Stefanski calls the plays, so I, I don't know. But for me, I feel pretty passionate about this. Um, that I think we got to also focus on the coordinators that do lose their jobs. Also, the people in the front office. I mean, Ryan Pace still has his job, and if we're holding Ryan Pace to the same, um, I guess, you know, just trying to compare it to the same level of I don't know the word, but like standard. Fangio, standard. Thank you. Uh, like Ryan Pace should have lost his job a long time ago. If that's how we're going to say, all right, Vic Fangio should be fired when he hasn't been given a quarterback. And I think we kind of got to start evening out those standards and start holding people accountable, not only in the head coaching position, but in the coordinator position and in the front office. So I feel pretty passionate about that. So I'm curious to see how that's going to play out. I also feel pretty strongly, strongly. I think the Las Vegas Raiders should really think about keeping Rich Bisasha around. I don't know how to fully pronounce that. He fucking deserves another shot. And I think if you go hire someone else, it would be a mistake. I've been so impressed with the Raiders to win, what, three straight games now down the stretch with all that's gone on this year. Um, I've seen some clips about him um, in, in old Hard Knocks episodes. Uh, it just seems like just a true leader. And I think Vegas 100% should keep him around. And I would advocate very strongly for him if I was Mark Davis. They've also overcome – Number one, losing Waller during that stretch. They're probably best weapon outside of Renfro. And second, like, their car has been pretty shit in, for the last, like, month, month and a half, really, 
since the Thanksgiving game. He hasn't played very well. So I agree with you 100%, Evan. I think he's very deserving of that job. And it seems like the players have really taken a liking to him, obviously. And he's going to get an interview. But if that, if the job that he's done, and we'll see what happens. Isn't good enough, then what is? that's not good enough, what exactly? What is? Like, you're going to go hire someone else who, you know, hasn't even been in that locker room. I think it also, it says something to keep that familiar voice and face in, in there because he's already connected and he knows the players. And also they got whooped by Kansas City. And since then, they've been good. You lose by 40 points and this is how you rebound. It's pretty fucking good. I also think, like, it's important to think about that coaching staff in particular has also dealt with all the losses the players have. So it's easier for the players and and the coaches in that room to relate to each other on a different level, which could be helping this run as well. Because, like, I think we all agree this isn't that great of a team on paper. They're just finding ways to win. Yep. Um, I agree with the whole Raiders thing, um, keeping the special teams coach. Um, I don't quite, I know you said his name, but I, I forget. Um, but with these teams, um, I think we all agreed, like the coaches I listed are going to get fired, but I kind of quickly put, um, who I think should, or who I would hire to replace those spots. Um, and for the Jaguars, I had Byron Leftwich, uh, the Bucks offensive coordinator, um, for the Raiders, I did not have them bring back special teams coach, even though I thought about it. I had Raheem Morris, uh, the Rams defensive coordinator. He was the Falcons interim coach uh, when they went on a four-game win streak the end two seasons ago. I, I like the idea of bringing Raheem Morris in, kind of build the culture there in Las Vegas. I mean, we've seen how many players get caught with DUIs. Like, just build a culture um, and build up that defense. It's not that good. Um, I think the offense is better than the defense. So I like the idea of bringing in a young defensive guy there in Las Vegas. Uh, for the Bears, I had them getting Eric Bieniemy. Uh, just get Justin Fields an offensive coach. Um, I know going back to KC to go get an offensive coordinator, that's where Matt Nagy's from. Maybe not the best look, but I think Matt Nagy versus Eric Bieniemy is very different. Um, and then for the Vikings, I saw someone else tweet this, and I kind of like it, and also I'm scared of it. Doug Peterson going to the Vikings with Justin Jefferson and maybe you get a young quarterback that's not Kellen Mond. Like, that's a scary situation, I kind of think, because I still like Doug Peterson. It didn't work out in Philly. Um, but I think if he could get there in Minnesota, have one more crack at it. I mean, Doug Peterson was a very good play caller when they won that Super Bowl. Um, and I, I don't know. Him in Minnesota kind of scares me a bit uh, as an Eagles fan. Uh, but then for the Broncos, I had Kellen Moore. Um, I think it's a guy that maybe is a little too young. Um, for some GMs to hire him. But for me, I mean, give him a shot. He's a very smart guy, was a very smart quarterback, not a good quarterback, but was still very smart. I'd like to see him get a shot with Denver and then finally go with an offensive guy. Like they just have to finally get an offensive coach. Gary Kubiak was offensive. Well, I guess since then, because they had Van Joseph, defensive coordinator, and then John they had, Fox. Yeah. And then you also have. Right now, Fangio, who's a defensive guy. Like, if you're going to get a quarterback this draft, you might as well get an offensive guy. Maybe speaking of guy. speaking of Vance Joseph, I want him to get fucking interviews. He will. this offseason. I think Todd Bowles will as well. Todd Bowles needs a job. I also would love to see. Sorry to interrupt you, Dan, but Brian Callahan, Bengals OC, I think is deserving of interviews. But see, I he- thought about that, but. Top five offense this year. But, like, you got to, like, Zach Taylor's calling the plays. Right, I was just going to For sure. For sure. He's calling the plays. So, like, I know a lot of people like to say, well, if the the offense is good, go for the offensive coordinator. Like, this is sort of the question we have with Eric Bieniemy. Is he actually calling the plays? Like, yes, you're making the game plan throughout the week. You're watching film, you're getting the offense ready. But, like, there is some hesitancy, like, I know a lot of people are throwing out the Packers offensive coordinator right now. And it's like, man, the floor is real quick. Isn't is the Packers offensive coordinator still Nathaniel Hackett or no? Yes. He's been now. He's, he was interviewed last time and he almost got a, a job last year. I mean, I I'm not too mm-hmm. surprised to hear that. And real quick, just, I know we've been on the segment a while, two other names for me. Even though, like, people have, you know, written this guy off, it seems like Josh McDaniels I still think would be a good head coach. And then I know Newman likes this guy. Uh, I think Matt Eberflus in Indianapolis, right? I think yeah. he's another guy. 
I mean, granted, there's not enough jobs for all these like good candidates, so that's the problem. I think Dennis Allen too. I know he's had a few shots, but he's also been deserving with how that defense has played this year. I've I agreed with on that. Anthony. No. Yeah. No Anthony Lynn. That's all I'll say. <laughs> no Anthony Lynn. He's canceled by Newman. Um, do you guys have anything else on the coaches? All right, uh, let's get to our last headline. It is mine. Uh, I'm going to be talking about the AFC wildcard race. Currently a three-team battle, although Pittsburgh and Baltimore have not been mathematically eliminated. Um, I'm not quite sure how they make it. I think Indy would have to lose, and then obviously the Chargers or Vegas would lose, and then maybe one of those teams could get in if they won. I think it would be Pittsburgh. Um, They play each other, so... Yeah, I think it would be Pittsburgh. Well, it would be the winner, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but anyways, it seems to be Indy, Chargers, and Vegas. Um, Indianapolis has to beat Jacksonville, and they're in, and then it would be the winner of the Chargers-Vegas game. Um, funny thing, I know we've kind of all seen this on the internet, if the Jacksonville Jaguars were to beat the Colts, the Chargers and Raiders could agree to just a perpetual kneel off for the whole 60 minutes and just kneel the ball every single play and they could tie and both make the playoffs. Which I'm so I think, sick of that fucking story. That is I think just, that's a steaming would, pile of garbage. We shouldn't even give that shit attention, Colin. <laughs> I think it's so funny because it's so fucking obscure and nobody would ever do that in the NFL. You think any of those guys would actually agree to that? It's fucking garbage. That's and what I'm think, saying. Why are yeah, we talking about it? Because I think the people who thought of it are fucking idiots. And that, I, bet okay. it was CBS. I, I can agree with you on that. And I bet it was CBS. Um, was, but do you guys was. have any predictions for the two wildcard teams? I'm going to go Indy and Chargers, along with New England, obviously. Um, I, mm, I'm going to go with probably indy and then i'm gonna say vegas yeah fuck you it's getting darren waller back it's scary i know it's in vegas too like well charge when they play home games so yeah we don't play fucking home games anyway it don't matter (laughs) evan that's a tough game i think listen i i know uh we've talked about how easy of a game this should be for Indy, but I did see in the video that was sent to the chat. Like, Indy hasn't won in Jacksonville since 2014. Like, I, I'm not willing to say that'll be an easy game. Like, it's just not going to be. You think the Jaguars don't know that? Daryl Bevel's definitely told them that, like, all right, this is your chance. Like, you know, you can literally, it's a divisional game, obviously. And I don't think that game should be taken lightly. I do think that Indy should win that game. I'm going to pick them so they'll be in. And then it's just the winner between Chargers, Raiders. I don't know. I just like the Raiders story right now. I would probably lean towards Las Vegas, even though I love Herbert. <laughs> I, just, I don't know. I just can't see Herbert not scoring enough points against that defense. Yeah, we own the Raiders. Fuck the Raiders. I'll take Colts, Chargers. I know Brandon Staley already said on the Rich Eisen show that the tying bullshit is out of the picture, so we, we can't root for that. I would that'd be so funny though if they're kneeing and then someone just kicks like a cheeky field goal in the last minute. Oh my god! Imagine you get the ball I would be, last. I'd be so in favor of that. That'd be fucking awesome. That would be fucking nuts. It'd be like, yeah, you were the last team to have the whatever it is, two minutes to kneel it, and you just run the offense. <laughs> Oh my god, that would be fireball insanity. offense for the loser. That would yeah. be insanity. I feel like that that coach would just be blackballed for going against his word. They would look into like his it... emails and find some anti-gay, anti <laughs> anti-something. I feel like if the game goes into overtime though, like just randomly, you have to wonder. If Indy had lost, you have to wonder if they'll do it. Oh, I know. Imagine Indy loses, though. Guys, do you think that's possible? Like, I kind of – No. I kind of – I'd say there's a 10% chance they lose. Like, I, I don't think – but, like, I don't think it's a game that will be a cakewalk for Indy is my point. I mean, they're quarterback. They played, is nice. they Nobody has stopped year. Taylor 
this year. Yeah, and I don't. They played last year in week seventeen, and all they did was Phil would turn around and hand it to Taylor. He had like two hundred yards, and they steamrolled him. So it's not they're not going to win. I don't think Indy should be in that mindset, though. No, I agree, but what mindset to hand it to the best player in the league? No, the mindset of it's going to be an easy game. You're playing a shitty team. I don't think they can be in that mindset. They're professionals. They they know better. I mean, especially that indie team. Like New England came uh, to Indy and like they were ready to go. They're hyped up. They knew what they were getting into. Like I don't think like Frank Reich's a good head coach. He's not going to have his team thinking that way. Like Indy's a very professional team. Like yeah, they're not maybe as good as they were a year ago with Wentz there, but like, I don't know. They're professionals. They're, they're fine. Yeah, I agree. Um, that concludes our headline segment. So Evan, it is your rant and then we will wrap up. Yeah. So my rant is about um, kind of COVID-19 in general, but more so towards NHL and their protocols. Uh, I'll preface this by starting off with this story. Carter Hart came out, and said, quote, Hold guys, are do you want me to start the clock or no? Yeah, I go for it. Okay. It's already on. Just keep it going. Uh, Carter it Hart, Flyers goalie Carter Hart said, quote, guys are testing positive with no symptoms or mild symptoms. I mean, the league's got to find a way to change that. We're either going to keep playing shorthanded all season long or games are going to keep getting postponed. I think it's a joke. It's got to change. And I honestly completely agree with him. Um, listen, I've been very, you know, you know, COVID's bad and, and everyone should take it seriously and et cetera. But like, I feel like if all the players are vaccinated, which they are, I'm sure they're all, most of them are boosted by this point. Um, and if you're not having any symptoms, I don't understand why they have to go through these same protocols as some of these other guys. Granted, if you have symptoms, probably you'll want to isolate, but if you have no symptoms, why do you have to follow these same rules and protocols that the other players do. It's like you're sitting in your hotel room watching your team play and you feel fine. It's like, well, why am I not on the ice? Um, I know it's killed the fantasy hockey this year. It's just been frustrating to see that because COVID is bad. I mean, we have friggin' a million cases a day, pretty much. That's the estimation. And like, I feel like at some point we have to learn how to, like, we can't just say shut down, shut down. You have to go quarantine. We have to learn to deal with this because it's just not going to go away. I think it's going to be part of our life um, as off uh, really for years um, because now you're seeing just so many breakthrough cases to where it's like, you know, obviously everybody should go get the vaccine. It's very good. Uh, and you won't go to the hospital, but I just think at some point, the vaccinated people who are boosted are going to have to start to live their lives again. And I think in sports, we're all just about, they're still shut down, shut down, shut down. I think there has to be some, some adaptations to these rules to move on. And that's right on two minutes. Right on two minutes. Um, one quick thing that I, I wanted to say, Evan, is I think the concern with the guys that have no symptoms that have it, even if you have no symptoms, you spread it to 10 of your teammates. Three of those guys could have very bad symptoms. The other seven have no symptoms at all. So the, I think the concern is not so much you having it and having no symptoms. It's you having it and giving it to someone and causing them to have symptoms. Well, my response to that would be 99%. Uh, I have two points. 99% of the league is vaccinated, number one. And number two, we haven't seen many cases this year where full teams get it. We just saw in Edmonton, I believe, Connor McDavid, two other players got it. New York Panarin got it. Like, it's been more seemingly like an individual-type case situation. Yeah, but we've also had teams like Calgary and Boston with huge outbreaks, so. I just think, listen, at some point, I mean, what is this going to happen? I agree. I agree with you. I'm just saying, like, from – I'm playing devil's advocate here. It's very easy no, to that. just defend what the NHL is doing as well as to criticize it. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I think it's just at some point we're going to have to just find a way to deal with this because everyone in the league's done their part. We played a full year. Well, we didn't play a full year, but we did playoffs with no fans. And, and you know, we did all this stuff and everyone's doing their job, getting boosted, um, which is very good. Um, 
And I think if you've done your job, you should have more rights than people who haven't done their job. So I, that's just kind of my mindset at this point. I agree. Anything from Dan or Connor? Um, I know in terms of COVID protocols and stuff, I am definitely more on the side of let's live life. Um, I'll kind of leave it at that without getting too political about it, but um, I don't know. Just, I understand the whole point. You test positive, like you have to go into this quarantine or isolation so you don't spread it, but um, fucking everyone has it. So what's the difference? I've seen even some articles, like some health experts are like, how fast this new variant is spreading is actually going to help us because now everyone's going to have a natural immunity. Maybe we have a better chance of finally catching up with COVID in our vaccination rates because we'll all have vaccines and we'll all have natural immunity just gives us a much better situation. I mean, I was around my roommates when they caught COVID, but because I already caught it, I didn't end up getting it the second time. Like some people can. Um, and it's just, I don't know. When it right. comes to sports, I feel like you just got to like, the NFL got the whole five day thing going. Like, I think that works and you just got to play. You got to let people live their normal lives um, at this point. Like everyone's tired of it and it's just, it's going to be a seasonal thing, maybe not a seasonal thing, but like, it's just going to be here. Like, just let's live to learn, uh, learn to live with it. I yeah, agree. I agree. I feel like the five, eight thing, it's tough with hockey because that could be two, maybe even three games, whereas football could be no games in that stretch. Unfortunately, I don't, the vaccine really doesn't work against Omicron. So it's like, what are we doing? I mean, unless you're booster, you're really as bad off as people who didn't get vaccine in the first place. So everyone's just kind of fucked. I feel like it's a matter of when everyone gets it because everyone's probably going to get it. So they yeah. should just play. I understand. Like, it's definitely a risk, but for especially because people who do get symptomatic probably get it bad. But like, Omicron is not that uh, bad as the other ones. So. Right. And I still think it, it, it says something to, you know, just seeing the breakthrough cases, right? Like, do your job. The doctors say get vaxxed, you know, get the vax, get the booster. And when you do that, I think you, you, you have the right. And if you get it too, you get immunity on top of that. And like Dan said, I think more so towards this natural immunity type stage where you get all the 60% of the countries fully vaxxed, like people getting boosted now, people getting the, the virus now. I think we're, that's going to be the way, as terrible as it sounds, like that's going to be how we finally start to not have a million cases a day. So yeah. it's a fucking disaster. <laughs> That is all that the agenda has for us today, fellas. Um, Good episode. Happy to be back. And uh, we'll see you next week. Later. Peace. Put your tears away. Ain't no fear today. You can drive off towards that summertime sunset. What you ain't done yet Take the keys, leave the regrets Write your letters, place your bets I'll be the one who accepts